What if you could create more kindness in the world just by being you? Everyone has the potential to create and receive more kindness. What if kindness is more than being nice and compassionate to others? Have you ever considered what having more kindness for you could create in your life? Get ready to learn how the energy of kindness is integral to reducing stress in your life and how it can assist in healing your body. Now, here is the host of Cultivating Kindness with Karen, facilitator of healing, Karen Leslie. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy you're here with me, and I'm so excited today. We have our first guest on Cultivating Kindness with Karen here on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm just hoping I hold it all together because, yeah, I'm just so excited. I'm excited for our topic. I'm excited to, which may sound weird, but I'm really excited to be talking about abuse, mostly because it's a topic I refused to even think about for most of my life. And then as I started working with more clients and started doing more of my own work, and it also started when I met our lovely guest, that I was beginning to think that maybe, just maybe, there had been a little bit of abuse in my life. Because before that, it was like, no, not at all. And I had a very narrow way of looking at abuse. Now, thanks to people in my life and thanks to my clients, be perfectly honest, they have brought me so much awareness, so much education and desire to learn and to change. To be perfectly honest, my clients give me so many gifts every time I'm with them. And as a result, the show popped up and I knew who I wanted to have with me. And I knew very deeply that we were going to have a great conversation. But before I get into introductions and everything, I want to backtrack a little. Many of you know that before my show, you know, Cultivating Kindness with Karen, that I tap into the Oracle cards and they give me information about the shows, some of the things that I want to be talking about, maybe some of the things that you want to actually hear during the show. So this one a few weeks ago when I was looking at it, I mean, I want to share this with you because it really surprised me and where I'm sitting today was so appropriate. I have been actually accused is the word that's coming forward, but I've been said many times that, you know, Karen, you are so cold. You are very standoffish. You're very rigid. And I used to just think, okay, yeah, maybe I am. I understand more why people were picking up on that with me. And my card spoke about it. Once your rigidity is removed, you are free to again integrate the present set of circumstances, finding what you may have overlooked. And that's so true for me. It talks further about dropping your opinions and your beliefs and to be able to look at your present situation and understand it and saying that something may have escaped your perception. So much has escaped my perception over decades. The card for you, for all of you who have joined today and for who are going to be listening in the future, you must acknowledge what you know. Stop denying your feelings. You need to pay attention to your body. Pay attention to the unseen. So I know that was a little longer than I normally spend on that today, 
at the beginning of the show, but it was it really felt important to share that with you. There's so many good messages in those few words from those cards, and I have taken them very much to my heart and to my body. So, all right, now let's get into our show. I really would like to introduce to you an amazing host also on the Inspired Choices Network, an amazing friend and an amazing woman just in any way that you could possibly think about her. And I struggle with her name as a lot of us do. Melitza, I get this part, but Yelnich, I'm not quite sure if that's correct. But Melitza (laughs) is also a host, as I said, she's got a wonderful show called The Pleasure Zone. I tune into it very often on Monday nights and definitely catch the replays when I can't be there live. She is what is called, well, an overall health practitioner, but a sex positive media personality, sex and intimacy coach, bringing you from trauma to pleasure. And she has such insight and an approach that I've never witnessed or experienced before. I highly recommend that you tune into her shows or contact her personally. Melitza has the ability to facilitate greater health vitality, sexual vitality, relationship vitality by drawing from her vast knowledge and toolkit that includes things such as biophysics practices, somatic body work, and a variety of other modalities as well. Her toolkit, well, most of us couldn't pick it up. It's massive. This woman's been studying for decades. So welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. That's really cute about my toolkit. (laughs) But yes, it is kind of heavy. (laughs) So uh, thank you for having me. And I'm so grateful to be your first guest. It's so great because I've had you so many times um, contributing to my shows, whether it's sharing them with people and coming in and having chats and contributing to the shows live. I always appreciate all of that. It's um, it makes my shows so much better. So, so grateful that I can contribute to your show. Well, thank you for being you said here. something I- in, um, in the readings when you were looking at the cards about the unseen. And I think that's fascinating because I think there is such a level of unseen when it comes to this topic that we don't, even realize because we think abuse is obvious. We don't always think of the subtleties and the manipulations. And then the other little things that aren't even obvious or verbal manipulations, they can just be thoughts, right? So I thought that's really cool that that card came up and how how uh, how much it speaks to the volumes of things we aren't even aware of when it comes to abuse. So very cool. Yeah, I was really excited when I read it. When I first read it, I was like, hmm. And then it really spoke to me very shortly afterwards. And that has been such a huge part of of why I didn't think I had ever experienced any abuse in my life. I, I had the, I think, the standard or a common way of thinking that abuse and trauma, you know, is it's it's sexual, it's aggressive, it's it's forceful, it's um I mean, the only word that's really hitting me right now is it's downright mean, like that energy of it. And we see and think of certain people that will have experienced something like that. And we will look at military and paramedics and people who actually go into difficult situations and they receive their own version of abuse that we understand for them. But the everyday person, you know, 
I've really come to understand, and, and we were chatting earlier, that everybody has experienced some form of abuse. And I couldn't buy into that. When I would go to counselors and they would ask me certain questions, I would see um, black blank. And so that to them, especially my childhood, like I don't have many memories. They kept thinking, well, then you must have experienced some form of abuse. And I'm like, no, because I only thought of being physically beaten or sexually abused. That was the only definition to me. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, so much deeper than that. I think uh, I was just sitting here, like the feeling of the word abuse, because we're saying it a lot and I'm wondering um, when I break it down and I haven't looked up the etymology of it, but for those of you who know me and listen to my show, I do love etymologies. Uh, So let's look at the word use, which is a pretty, it's a word about something being utilitarian. You can, it has a function, so use, it has a function. And if it's an abuse, it's like the, it's like, it, it's contradictory to the function of something. So I think we can get it a better, probably during break, we'll get you guys a better uh, etymology of abuse, but when we break it down, it does seem to have like a, a prefix and a suffix, like it has a prefix to the word use, right? The abuse. So what what is that like that we're using this, it's contradiction to what its intended use is. So if our intended use is to have joy, pleasure, and ease, then an abuse would be the opposite of that, right? Wherever there is uh, unkindness, there is, um, we're not being utilized correctly, I think, you know? And I can so relate to that. And that was like from the first part, the first card with like the rigidity. And when I was saying how people... Uh, received me is the abuse that was in my life it prevented me from having any comfort to look to see who I am so it stopped behaviors and it programmed in other ones that were unnatural that makes sense yeah yeah right so because I couldn't be naturally who Karen desired to be when she arrived I very easily, very easily took on the programming that was given to me, which was not done from a space of kindness at all. Yeah. So what would be the opposite of the space of kindness? I mean, now you're cultivating kindness. This is your target, right? And so isn't it a gift? Like when we start creating our lives from what we would, you know, it's it's like we're recognizing our traumas and, and abuses and then going, I'm actually going to create my life, not in resistance and reaction to that, but I'm aware of this was going on and now I'm creating a totally different life. So we can do that. And and like Karen and I are both proof you can do that. Actually, every host on the network is proof you can do that. And we have some hosts uh, listening live right now. So any any one of us, uh, we are proof that you can move beyond the abuses and traumas in your life. And we can get into what our real use is, right? What is our real use? And how how would you like to be of use on the planet? It's such an interesting word. Right. <laughs> I will look it up after, but yeah. And I think it's we, we throw around the word abuse a lot, very uh, um it, it can also be like a, a a big a big heavy word that's used almost as a critique of our life. So if 
there's been abuse and there's like a critique of that life of that means that you're a survivor. If you're lucky, you're a survivor, right? If you're really lucky, you're a thriver. But if there's been abuse, then that means certain things about you, right? Like there's a lot of conclusions that are drawn about people who recognize that there's been abuse in their life. And there's usually a lot of people who drop into feeling sorry for you or something like that. Yeah. There's there's no need for the soriness. <laughs> you don't have to feel sorry for me. That worry, which we talked about, my mom and I were talking about on our episode, which kind of uh, triggered uh, Karen to you to have some ideas. Uh, so there's no need to worry about any of us. You know, if you'd like to contribute to our lives and our awareness and like, I don't know, businesses, that's cool. <clears throat> but there's no, there's no need to feel sorry or worry. I'm alive and Karen's alive and we're all like moving forward. And so are you. So if you've gone through abuse and you're listening and you have a body, you're alive. Good job. Keep going. And I would say that many of us are more alive after understanding what the abuse has been and looking at it just as data. This is a fact. This is something that's happened and, and not going into um, that energy of, of victim or when people want to put pity or, or all those other energies on you to not get stuck in those as well. But really yeah. understanding where I've come from, well, it's enabled me to be here with you. If I hadn't understood that and decided, oh, okay, so what do I wish to do with this now? I wouldn't have well, I would not have gravitated to yourself or Christine McIver, who is the CEO of Inspired Choices Network. I met both these amazing women the same day. And That's true. yeah, and they both intimidated me a little bit too. There's no question about that. And we talked about that on my first show with Christine and had a laugh about it. But had I not been willing to see where I'd been and see, look at the unseen and see what I had missed, then I wouldn't be as alive as I am today. There's no question about it. And I would, I would love to continue this conversation a little bit too, Alitza, when we get back. But we are at our first break already. I know this show is going to fly by. So thank you, everyone, for being here with us. I'm so happy to have you here. You know, feel free to comment in the, the chat room and uh, share this experience and this conversation with Melitza and I, because I think we're going to take it to some pretty interesting places. We already have already. So you are here with us on the Inspired Choices Network. And I am Karen Leslie, the host of Cultivating Kindness with Karen. And we have the amazing Melitza Yelnich with us from the Pleasure Zone. So please come back after these messages. Thanks. We all have different experiences with and definitions of kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. The universe is always listening. So what are you telling the universe today? Tune in to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Each week as Karen guides you to understanding how each choice you are making is either keeping you stuck or opening up the energy of empowerment for you. Listen to Cultivating Kindness with Karen, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? 
Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Cultivating Kindness with Karen. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to karen at karenlesley.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you for being here with myself, Karen Leslie, and my co-host, Melissa Yelnit. We are thrilled to be here with you talking about abuse and how it is really, well, I'm going to say not what most people think it is, to be perfectly honest. And if you're just joining us now, please go back later and listen to the first part. We are having an interesting conversation about what the word abuse actually could mean and We've got some actual information here we'll get into in just a moment. And I also would encourage you, you know, to listen to the first segment to hear how I felt that there was no abuse in my life. Then I realized there was. And now we're going to look at sort of the changes that have come as a result of it. But over the break, Melissa, you looked up the etymology of abuse. Yeah. It's pretty fun. I'll share that with you guys. So the etymology um, that I got from Edom Online, it's one of my favorite references for etymology. I want you guys to keep in mind that this etymology is to the references that are written. Uh, so prior to the written information on etymology, we don't know how far back it goes. It could go as far back, say, to Sanskrit for all we know. We don't have, uh, we don't have any evidence of that, right? So all I can do is work with where as far back as the evidence goes on etymology. So the etymology of abuse is considered. Uh, so there's verbs and nouns, of course, that can be uh, abuse is both a verb and a noun and an adjective. So from the verb, it's to misuse or misapply, which could be power or money. So in terms of like power with within a relationship of using your power, can come out in so many ways. So we'll look at some of that. And then also to deceive from the, it's also from the old French abuse, which is to deceive, abuse, or misuse. So even to deceive somebody is a form of abuse. Isn't that interesting? So how many times, like, it's, it's funny, right? Because we don't think about this, but like parents deceive their children all the time. Uh, so often. <laughs> right like with every it's like i don't know we could probably name 35 instances like in five minutes on how parents deceive their children all the time and it's under the guise of things like um we'll, we'll say like under the guise of getting them to do stuff right so deceiving them like i'll i'll, I'll give an example because this was like one that my grandma was really into which was really weird it was a weird deception but it was that um, you needed to wear clean underwear at all times in case you ended up in an accident, in a car accident. Now, that's a really weird thing to teach people. Yeah, but not, not just that. for the sake of like being 
sanitary. No, no, it's in case you like, what kind of a situation are we getting into? And why are you plugging this into my head that I'm going to get into an accident? And the first thing that's going to concern the guys when I'm bleeding everywhere and my head is cracked open is, does she have clean underwear? Right. <laughs> so we put these like weird things, these like uh, these thoughts and ideas and, and they're ill-informed, misinformed, but they're interesting because these deceptions are also part of, we call them like false belief systems, right? Yeah. So if a parent either believes that they need to deceive their child, this is part of a false belief. And what we know from like looking at a lot of the different research is that false beliefs stem from, at some point, trauma that has then clouded your soul, created fear, created false beliefs, creates a facade, creates the addiction behaviors, right? So yeah. that deception is part of the false beliefs and, and the facades too. So it's all like when it really comes back down to it, then it's like, wow, those deceptive parents who are abusers, there's definitely somewhere some trauma going on. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think of my family and there's just so many situations of deception that way and and withholding somebody's ability to step into their own knowing or power like that was very much not allowed so the you know the, the abuse of power i can really relate to but i think of my brother as he, we always had to be very very careful my mom was always very very sick always always had a lot of illness and but we could never tell my brother because he would worry. And he was robbed the opportunity to learn how to deal with somebody that wasn't well. And so that created his own trauma. And to this day, that's something that just elicits sheer panic in him if somebody gets ill and, and mildly ill, not nothing life threatening. But this cloak of deception that I was brought into that we needed to maintain for him, I see so much how it has negatively affected him and, and then myself in, in different ways, but they thought they were being kind and it was so unkind. You had to carry out the deception too on your parents' behalf, right? And that's quite an energy to hold for a child to have to put on that facade for so long it's playing acting your whole time right so you're you have if you have to act your whole life when are you actually yourself mm. never yeah, like <laughs> and never. you recognize and then, it and then you can change yeah. it <laughs> and then you're like 55 and going how come I'm not myself oh because I was trained into this as a form of abuse to deceive people and deceive myself into buying into something so that we can create this facade that's this illusion of how to live like we're having this life that doesn't it's not real yeah yeah and you you lose yourself and it, and I think it's so I think this is why it's so easy for us to not recognize that abuse is even happening yeah you know that programming is very deep it starts very very young you know for for some, it started even pre-language. It started as infants and, and perhaps even in utero. And for me, I know that there was, it started in utero. And to 
but we're so adaptable. We're so, many of us are so willing to fit in, well, when you're young so that you're kept alive, so people feed you and house you and things like that. But as you get older, if you, for myself personally, when I would try and step out of those boundaries that were set, it was so uncomfortable that I would retreat back into them because that felt safe. And safe doesn't, to me, in my mind was, well, then that's not wrong. So what's going on? Right. Yeah. That That's that false belief of safety or that facade of what is supposed to look safe. And then as a result, we get into these like interesting behaviors, like people-pleasing behaviors. I've got to do things for everybody because you're stuck in this, this cycle uh, of having to put up the facade, which makes everybody happy. So you have to uphold the deception and deceive others, which is this abuse cycle that just keeps on going, right? So I wonder if there is actually anybody out there on the planet, I'd love to hear from you, that has never experienced any abuse of any kind, whether it was, you know, because I really don't know that there are any, but I'd love to hear it if you think you have never experienced any abuse, whether even if it was through um, thought even. So we think about the work of Dr. Emoto. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with me, studied water molecules. We are water molecules, essentially, with minerals and a soul. Slap those together and we got human life, right? Yep. So, so we've got these water molecules. And if, if we have people constantly projecting thoughts at us, just as in the experiments with Dr. Emoto, all he did was put images in front of water or words in front of water and the molecule, the structure of the molecule of the, the water changed. So if we're being constantly exposed to even people who are thinking things about us and we don't, we don't, they're not saying it, but we're being exposed to this stuff of, oh, they're not good enough. Well, why did I even have that person? Resentments maybe like, oh, it's so hard to be a parent. And so why am I even and like all this stuff? We're exposed to it. We feel it. And then we wondered why do we feel so weird and why do we feel so crappy about ourselves? And you know, why do we think we're not worthy of love or anything like that? Well, it comes down to that's a form of abuse, too. So it's fascinating. I think on all levels, we've all done it at some point, right? Yeah. When it gets down to that structure, it, it gets wild. And when you talked about the water, like that we're basically water. And then, you know, we were saying earlier, too, that when we're in utero, we're, we're just floating around in fluid. And we're highly receptive as we're growing and developing and doing all of these things. And, and that perception and that awareness we have isn't just in creating our body and growing an arm. We're aware of, the, of that energy that's being brought through. And, and, you know, I used to hear people say, well, I actually heard my parents' voices when I was in utero and thinking, oh, interesting. And then people started reading to their child while they were still inside the mom as a way of nurturing the child. But I wondered, did they ever think about the other words they were saying when they weren't reading that book? No. You know, how many women did not enjoy the physical aspect of being pregnant? I actually really loved being pregnant. That it was, was I really sick at the beginning? Yeah, but okay, that doesn't matter. I got over it and I loved it. But I think I was one of the few that, you know, I think in the minority that didn't complain about their pregnancy all the way through it. And I'd never thought about that little person inside being aware of all of that until just now. Yeah, and they so are. I, I 
I think for the first month and a half that I was pregnant, I was freaking out because I had no, I was really lucky to have a roof over my head, but I had no money. I was just trying to start my business. Um, the biological father was useless, uh, didn't contribute anything in any way. So, so that was, uh, and fantastic because he left and I have a great person in my life now. So I'm so grateful for that. And, uh, and the, I know that there, I have awareness of things that will sometimes come up in my relationship with my child. And it's like, oh, you know that from somewhere, you know that from in utero. I, I know because I remember that. So there are connections. It, was, it wasn't until around like my the third or fourth month into pregnancy that I felt more confident about it. And I got more determined. I got more the mama bear thing going on where I was like, I've got this, I can do this. I'm gonna make this happen. And then at some point, you know, I had like doctors come in, not, it wasn't actually a doctor. It was, um, I had a, a nurse practitioner before I had midwives and the nurse practitioner had done some tests. I got these test results back from a woman uh, who was just stepping in as a nurse to help out for the day. And she reported this stuff to me and I, it hit me like a tsunami. She was like, your child either has Down syndrome spina bifida or you're having twins and this is on a friday at four o'clock and she says to me you i'm telling you this now because you only have a week to abort and i was like where in my files does it say that that was an option and why are you telling me i should do this like all of this chaos came up and and i wasn't even talking to my nurse practitioner it was just somebody standing in thought that they should they were obligated to tell me this because i only had a week's left to make this choice that my that i would have gone i was going in on monday anyway to have an appointment with my nurse practitioner i would have had that conversation with her anyway that's wow. a little bit of an abuse too right that's an abuse of power she had a position of power she abused it um, it wasn't her position to take. So I wanted to bring that up because those abuses then trigger other abuses, trigger the thoughts that start to trigger into your body. But we have, um, so it's not about deceiving people about their health, but it's, it's also about being aware of your position of power as like, as I work with people in health, you have to be aware of your position. You're in a position of power when you're working with people, especially who are vulnerable to assist them to move through their stuff without bringing in more abuse and trauma and giving them some kind of solutions, right? So, yeah, I mean, I think there's better ways, right? And doctors yeah. don't even realize sometimes the abuses that come out of their mouths or practitioners don't even realize it's happening because they're around it all the time. To them, it's normal. And that's, that's the scary part, that it's normal. All right, we need to go to another break. So stay with us, everybody. Um, please come back after the break as we continue this really fascinating conversation about abuse and how it shows up. And I don't know where it's going to take us after the break, but I know it'll be amazing. And if anything that we say triggers anything for you, reach out, right? Send me an email, karen at karenlesley.ca. And I'd be happy to further this conversation with you because it, it is also a very personal topic and how we all experience this is very personal. So join us after the break. Melitza and I have 
lots of experience in how we can be working with these energies and not be abusive towards power and everything. And we will share that with you later. So see you after the break. We all have different experiences with and definitions of kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. The universe is always listening. So what are you telling the universe today? Tune in to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Each week as Karen guides you to understanding how each choice you are making is either keeping you stuck or opening up the energy of empowerment for you. Listen to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Cultivating Kindness with Karen. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to karen at karenlesley.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so glad that you're here with myself and my guest, Melissa Yelnich. And I truly, truly do recommend that you check out her show on the Inspired Choices Network called The Pleasure Zone. The, I was going to say the main reason, but there's so many reasons that I've invited Melissa to be with me today with this topic. And she has so much experience in very diverse ways with this topic and unique perspectives on it that, that I wasn't aware of before we started having conversations or before listening to, to her show. And it's hit me so strongly that I really knew that I wanted to bring this conversation into my show. I'm all about kindness. I'm all about finding ways to be kind to yourself, then kind to others, but yourself primarily. And if we aren't aware of how abuse shows up and the different ways that it can be there, and if we can't shift our perspective away from a locked in point of view about this, then it's gonna be really difficult to be able to step into who you truly are all of the joy that you want to experience while you're here and all of the people that you want to touch, that you want your energy to flow to and to be that kindness for the world. But it's got to start with us. And so both of us have a lot of experience with bringing this to light with clients and people in general in, in different ways. And some of our ways overlap. But I think the one thing that we both have in common is that we are here to hold a space for you. We're here for you to show up exactly as you are, without judgment, completely with kindness, and to be that support for you so that you can have that strength and courage 
to step into who you truly are. When you can look below behind that cloak that has been covering things for you. And I loved earlier, and if you missed it, please go back and listen to the beginning of the show. But when Melitza was sharing in the previous segment, her concerns with her pregnancy, and she said, I've got this, I've got this. And that attitude and that energy has been shared with me from her and assisted me in thinking, yeah, I've got this, I can do this. So, and I also want to say from how, what I do know and have met with your young person in your family, the I got this came through. There may have been other things that were going on, but the I got this is there. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was thinking about um, how the different kinds of abuses get transmitted to us, right? So whether it's through energetically through thought or whether it's verbally or through touch, you know, a lot of abuse is very sensory, how we experience it. You know, you can even have an abuse of smells um, that are like violent, right? Like, and visual too. Sometimes we have, have an abuse of our own senses visually when we're watching things that are violent and we know they're violent, but we're stuck to it because we're so familiar with abuse and violence that we're, we're glued to that. So how do we, so to me, the question then comes in as, what do we do to counteract that? What are some of the things that we do? And, and I think um, in a lot of the work that Karen and I both do in different ways is that we look at how, how say for example, like if there's been touch abuse, how do we, how do we counteract that touch? so that you can learn to touch again and receive touch so that you're feeling safe. So like the somatic body work I do is very much about having people be able to feel like they're safe with touch again and that their body can release emotionally if there's been any movement um, through that. I had a really interesting uh, session with a lady about a month ago and I've been, she's been coming to me for several years and at this particular day, she she had actually written to me in the morning and said, I'm ready to let go of whatever this is that's been holding me back. And I'm like, oh, hallelujah, here we go. <laughs> and it was fascinating uh, because I've done this similar movements on her body repeatedly, like waiting for her body to say yes and to just like let it go. And this particular day, I just did this movement on her leg she started to cry out of nowhere, which is not never a bad thing. Like it's just her body was releasing. She wasn't in pain. Um, and then uh, she said, she said something to the effect of, I actually have never felt so loved. And I was like, awesome, because this is actually the deepest rooted part of the issue is not feeling loved. So for those of you who are listening, I think one of the, the fastest, easiest things you can do is recognize that most of where this is coming from is not feeling loved or feeling like people are grateful for your existence or feeling seen or acknowledged in whatever way. We have all those five love languages and more that are out there, although I like Gary Chapman's version of the five love languages. So if we look at those in any way that we haven't received them or that, that they've been uh, demented or skewed in some way like if if touch is your love language and somebody molests you with touch then your love language gets skewed if you're if you've been um, through 
oh, say that your love language is words of affirmation. And then all somebody does is constantly tell you you're crappy or that you, um, they have used a lot of sarcasm towards you. So then you, you get confused about what's true and what's like valuable about you. So any of those love languages could be flipped and turned into an abuse. And so we can use any one of those love languages to bring back the love. So whether it's through hugs for, you know, having your love language be hugs and you want to bring that back, you can utilize that. If it's through words of affirmation, you can literally use words of affirmation to bring that back. Like I choose love. I choose to be loved. I choose to love others. Hmm. And then play with that and see how it works. It was interesting to me, and I don't know if you found this with other people, but my love language changed as I healed some of the abuse. It does change. And I was really surprised at that, but it it did. So I was, it was, mine was like affirmations because of having no value and feeling I shouldn't be here. I was, you know, that was my love language. And then that started going down on the scale and other areas started going up. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I I just assumed that that was who or what you, um, that's what's the word I want. But I just assumed that that love language would stay in place throughout my life. Now, why I would think that, because nothing is staying in place in my life now Mm -hmm. as I'm changing. So much is shifting. But I was taken back by that. So for those of you who, you know, who know the book or if you haven't got it, you know, look this up. You can get it online as well. You can do the the quiz, um, you know, for free and get a report. But it's in the moment and it's in the space of who you are when you take it. And it's okay for things to change as you heal and as you recognize what you don't wish to put up with anymore or what you don't wish or how to be anymore. And uh, sometimes for, for me, those changes caught me off guard and made me question myself until I recognized that the change was a good thing. Change is, I mean, if you're stuck in a rut, wouldn't you like to change it? And if you're, if even if life is like feeling pretty great and you're on a success path or what you consider a success path, how much more fun would it be to, to even like open your success path and have it be even bigger and invite more people into your life or invite more opportunities into your life? So yeah, I think that to be able to have sort of level of comfort with the discomfort of change is a really cool thing to have it's a neat experience (laughs) and it's getting easier it's getting much easier initially the uncomfort right none of us want to be uncomfortable but yeah once you recognize that that's all it is then it's very simple or it was for me anyways and I hope it is for others to to be able to shift through that so before we go on there was one thing I really want to talk about a little bit though, again, from previous conversations and your show with, with your mom was, or is worry that really threw me. And I can't remember, I'm sorry right now, which one of you said it, that worry is a form of abuse and so many light bulbs went off. So if you wouldn't mind, just get a couple of minutes on that. 
happy to. I'll give a brief before the next break. So it was my mom. So my mom, um, we're both aware of it, but my mom grew up with it the most and noticed it the most in her life. So my grandmother was a worrier about everything, everything under the sun. She would worry about whether you got to school on time, whether you had enough food, whether your underwear was clean, um, like everything was very concerning. She was on high alert. Um, I know why she was on high alert and I know why she was on high alert for our survival. Her um, her brother at the age of two died from having taken a bottle of heart medication. So this would have been in around 1920, um, 1921 maybe, something like that, where he died. Uh, or maybe just slightly after. So my grandmother was just a baby at the time, so maybe 22. And at the time when she was a baby, there, uh, the whole family dynamic shifted. And so it went from being like joyful for having kids to everybody was worried that somebody was going to die. Instead of being aware of the environment, they don't, they became hyper vigilant and they became worried about everything. And it became life threatening. Like everything was life threatening. It could, you could die from it. So we're now, we're now, so it was my great grandmother's child, that generation to my grandmother, to my mother. And we were just moving out of that. We're starting as my mom became aware of the worry. I don't know if my mom's like knows the root of the worry. That's how I track the worry back to that because it was a really big experience for the family. And after that, it was like anything was on a counter, people would move it away. Um, and somehow my mom didn't buy into that so much, but then it got reiterated again when a friend of my mom's uh, child had a knife land in his eye. He was working at a restaurant with his parents and he was trying to help and he was about two, grabbed a knife, came off of the counter and it landed in his eye and he went blind. So not only is my mom's family aware of it, my anybody who knew my mom at the time will actually ask, and this is like 40 years later, they'll say, whatever happened to the kid with the knife in the eye? Because they're so, that still traumatizes them. They still think about it 40 years later. So these are like genuine concerns that people now are obsessed with instead of being aware of and like moving all things off the counter, they worry about it. It's wild. Oh, and we do need to go to our, our next break, but I also think yeah. of, of everything and, and the parental worry that got exaggerated for many just over where we've been over the last few years around the world yeah. and yeah a whole other topic but yeah we've got another generation of worry coming through and growing up so <laughs> we're going to go to our break thank you so much everyone for being here with us on the inspired choices network it's a wonderful place to hang out that both of us would encourage you to spend time with you're here with myself, Karen Leslie, on Cultivating Kindness with Karen, and my wonderful co-host, Melitza Yelnich from The Pleasure Zone, also on our network. So stay with us. Come back. We're going to do our best to wrap up this conversation and uh, give you some maybe some positive aspects on what you can do so that we can move through this in a, a kind and gentle way for all of you. So we'll be here with you again in just a few minutes. Thanks, everybody. We all have different experiences with and definitions of kindness. These experiences and beliefs about kindness have influenced who we are today and how we see the world. The universe is always listening. So what are you telling the universe today? Tune in to Cultivating Kindness with Karen 
each week as Karen guides you to understanding how each choice you are making is either keeping you stuck or opening up the energy of empowerment for you. Listen to Cultivating Kindness with Karen, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Mountain Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Cultivating Kindness with Karen. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Karen at KarenLeslie.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so happy that you're here with us, joining in to this conversation with my co-host here, Melissa Yelnich on the Inspired Choices Network. And we get into so many amazing topics here on this network. Today has been so interesting to me. So I hope it has been interesting to you. We're talking about abuse and all of the, the subtle ways that it can be in everyone's life. So if you're just joining for our last segment, please go back and listen from the beginning of the show. There's really excellent information and a lot of things that I think you may pause and kind of go, oh, hadn't thought of it that way before and see what that can bring to you and see what you might like to do as a result of these new awarenesses that we're sharing with you. And of course, you can reach out to either one of us. You can find both of us through the Inspired Choices Network, as well as all different social media platforms. We both really encourage and um, enjoy carrying on the conversations we have in our shows with those who listen. So, so thank you. So, Melissa, kindness and showing it to ourselves and seeing all of these different areas that we may have been exposed to different, subtle, continuous layers of abuse. For me, I really would like people to have that perception that they could be open to seeing that there has possibly been abuse in their growing up or in their workplace or wherever it may be. I'm hoping people have listened to me today and heard that abuse did not happen for me and how actually that belief created more difficulties for me and how my life has changed so much now that I've had yourself and other influential people in my life show me there's something else that I can be doing. Is there something you would like to add to that for people before we our show disappears? Yes. So if, if you feel connected to the idea that there might have been abuse in your life, which is pretty highly likely, and you'd like to shift it, absolutely connect with one of us. But I'd also like to give you a quick tool that you could just do for yourself. So because it can be such a sensory experience with, with abuse, I'd encourage you to get a smell that you really enjoy going on in your environment, get some sounds that you really enjoy, because somatic release is really great when you have sound that can contribute to that. Sometimes it'll change your breathing. Um, then you also want to get some other sensory things like your own touch. So that you're touching yourself and trusting your own self with your own touch and doing some affirmations that work for you. Like I choose love can be that simple. You might not feel I am lovable yet, but you can certainly start to look at I choose love. I choose it. Yeah, we can just we can actually just take that perception and do it and say it. And I, I, one thing that worked for me too is I will do well, what people will call a scan, but I'll just sort of look at my body from my imagination's perspective 
and see where there is something in my body that's uncomfortable or feeling a little heavy or there's something there that just doesn't match the rest of the way my body feels. And waves of kindness, I know that I share that and talk about that a lot, but I'll call in and try this. Find that spot in your body. Just say those three simple words, waves of kindness, like waves like in an ocean, and have the intention that those waves of kindness move through that area in your body that's uncomfortable and right through you. And it will help to move that energy and help with feeling more yourself, feeling less trapped and perhaps in pain. And I think it would be brilliant to combine that with what Melitza was saying, with a favorite scent, with that gentle touch of your own body and to work with it together. Ways of kindness can be used for everything and anything. I, I truly don't believe there's a way that we would not benefit from using it. So try these different tools. Feel free to let us know how they work for you or if you've got a question about them and, and need more information because we really are running out of time. It's crazy how quickly we've gone today. And I know I say that often, but that's okay. So I really want to thank you, Melitza, for being here with me. I love your perspective, your energy and wisdom. Like just you have so much to share. And thank you for joining us today and sharing that with everybody here and all who will listen to the show in the future. It's been a sheer pleasure having you with me. And for those of you, I'm inviting you back next week. I will be on my own, but that's okay. <laughs> and next week, yeah, we're going to talk about springtime growth. So we will be, the show is actually going to be right around the spring equinox. And so we're going to talk about the springtime growth and what that may mean for you and how you could work with that energy that will be very present at that time, whether you're aware of it or not. And as we've been saying today, awareness is so key, like being aware of what's going on, being aware of your body, being aware of the energy and thoughts around you makes the world of difference. So we're going to tie that in next week in a completely different perspective. Thank you for joining us. If you liked the show this, today, please share it with others. And remember that everything you do from the neck up helps you from the neck down. And those waves of kindness are always there for you. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening to Cultivating Kindness with Karen. Karen Leslie returns Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, 11 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can find Karen at KarenLeslie.ca and follow her on social media. Until next Wednesday, Karen is sending you waves of kindness for a fabulous week. Remember, it's only you who has the power to be and receive the kindness required to change your life.